think for me it's like you have the typical metrics of customer satisfaction, reply times, average, resolution times. I think what a metrics that for me personally as a leader I'm really looking into is a how healthy is my team? How healthy are they working? And this is something I can measure with how transparent are they with each other? Are they calling each other out? Are they feeling authentic enough to say, hey, I have a problem, hey, I have an idea, or hey, I made a mistake? So if I see this kind of conversation and the bravery to, to, to speak up, this is a good indicator for me that the team is healthy. And this was for me the base to look at all other kind of metrics, um, like response times, um, customer satisfaction. You're listening to Caffeinated with host Nathan Resnick, the show where we help companies level up their customer service to turn this expense into a profit center so you can increase revenue and drive customer happiness. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Caffeinated brought to you by Caffeinated CX. I'm your host, Nathan Resnick, and today we are joined by Heidi from Enviolo. Did I get that right, Heidi? You got this right. Okay, amazing, amazing. Sometimes my pronunciation is off and I feel like on a podcast I've got to nail it. So I'm super excited that I did. Before we dive into support at your organization, I want to understand a bit more about you and your background. So maybe we can start there. How did you come to become the head of customer care? Um, was not a planned journey at all. Um, I've been studying becoming a teacher, actually, and figured out pretty fast that this is not really um, my happy journey. So I, I changed careers and I started in a, a startup as a customer service agent myself. And I really liked it. And from then, um, it went further. And I've got opportunities now to be a manager since 10 years at different companies. That's awesome. That's so cool. I feel like there is a lot of overlap in some sense between teaching and support because a lot of times support is teaching people how to use a product, right? So it's interesting to see how I feel a lot of uh, teachers that leave the industry oftentimes can, can come be, become great support team members. I, I want to touch on, you know, when it comes to leading your support organization, what kind of metrics do you track? You know, what's top of mind day to day? And then we'll kind of dive into the tools that you utilize to oversee your whole team. Yeah, so I think for me, it's like you have the typical metrics of customer satisfaction, reply times, average um, um, resolution times. Um, I think what a metrics that for me personally as a leader I'm really looking into is a how healthy is my team? How healthy are they working? And this is something I can measure with how transparent are they with each other? Are they calling each other out? Are they feeling authentic enough to say, hey, I have a problem. Hey, I have an idea or hey, I made a mistake. Um, so if I see this kind of conversation and the bravery to, to, to speak up, this is a good indicator for me that the team is healthy. And this was for me the base to look at all other kind of metrics um, like response times and customer satisfaction. That's awesome. That's cool. I think that's a key. I mean, so many people, you know, in support, they don't really dive into the health of their team in terms of, hey, you know, are we holding each other responsible, right? Because, you know, though a lot of times it seems like a bit individualized in some sense, because, you know, maybe a manager is looking at your individual response time or satisfaction that you're getting from your customers. At the end of the day, you know, really, it's all about team and, and making sure that each team member is, is performing efficiently. I, I'm curious when it comes to the tools that you've used, what are your favorite tools? I mean, are you diehard on Zendesk? You love Intercom? Uh, let, let's hear it. 
We, of course, also have Sendesk, and uh, we use it a lot. Um, but if you, because you asked me about my favorite tool, I think my and also a team's favorite tool uh, is Klaus. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but Klaus en enables you and your team to actually rate your tickets uh, based on some metrics that you set up yourself. Like the tone of voice, um, we're really helpful. Uh, did you go the extra mile? We loved using it. Um, our team would use it and rate each other. So it was not me as a manager rating those tickets. They came up with the, with the, with the things that they wanted to um, measure. And they were rating themselves. They would challenge each other um, as a team. It was so much fun uh, using it. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with Klaus, but I see it right now. It's a really, I guess, unique way to understand service quality and how your team is performing and kind of enable your team to have more oversight on how each other is, is doing. What kind of metrics or questions are you typically asking within Klaus? We would ask, um, so you can write a ticket based on different categories and we would write tickets and you can define the scale yourself. Um, you can use emojis to, to write it. So like happy emoji, sad emoji, and you can make a two point scale, a five point scale. We would write based on how was the tone of voice? We set a specific tone of voice, how we want to talk to our customers. So did you go with, with that tone of voice? Did you find the proper solution for the customer that he was looking for? Did you also follow the processes that we have in mind for those specific problems? Did you go the extra mile for the customer? So if a customer would say, hey, I want to change my phone number. Did you maybe recognize something else in the account? Did you help him um, proactively to make it easier for them? That's awesome. That's really cool. I'll have to check out Klaus. Um, when it comes to channels on your support org, are you only on email? Do you support chat as well? Do you support phone? And kind of walk us through that decision in terms of what channels you know your team wanted to support. Right. So we are our main channels um, are email and phone. Um, we started with WhatsApp, but I think looking at our customer base, our customers are bike shops, retailers. So they are not like they are B two B themselves, and they are mostly like literally at the bike. So they don't have time to spend much time on the chat. They are on the bike. They would pick up the phone and say, hey, Envelo, we need your help here. How can you, how can I do this? How can I do that? So they also value a lot that they can call us and it helps us to build that trustful relationship with our customers that we are seeking to build. So I would say mostly email because we also do warranty requests and we need mm -hmm. certain data that comes in by email. And but we have uh, also a lot of phone calls. I know a lot of companies try to avoid it. We really do see it as a possibility to build that trustful loyal relationship with our customers. That's awesome. That's really cool to hear. I would assume because I've seen that most teams that have phone support have in-house full-time team members. There is your whole team full-time in-house? Is some of it hybrid? Is a lot of it overseas? But what does that look like? They are all in-house, um, so they're all working from the office. Um, but we do have a, also a policy like two, da two days a week they can work from home. So just when you want to have you know, some focus time maybe and sudden change of scenery. And we also agreed on like once a month, you know, go to Spain, go to Portugal. Um, they have everything they need to work from wherever they want. Um, so they make use of it. Um, some more, some less. It's very, there's no one stereotype of uh, this is how we, we work. Um, depending on what their 
personal situation is or what they prefer um, in their work setup, they make different use of it. That's awesome. You, you know, that's a European-based company when you can say, oh, just go to Spain, go to, you know, this, <laughs> this beautiful country. You know, for us in the States, we uh, we don't have the pleasure and luxury of, of traveling quite like that, which is, you know, I think the, the, the beautiful part of uh, living in Europe in terms of being able to experience so much uh, and so that is so close such close proximity. I'm curious when it comes to different languages, though, because I know that's a big challenge for companies in Europe, because, you know, your team, I assume, is really dealing with customers across Europe. So they might be dealing with, you know, Spanish, French, German, you name it. How do you support multiple languages? Do you support multiple languages? What does that look like? So, yeah, that's a good question. Um, when I started at Enviolo, we mostly had Dutch speaking, so we're in the Netherlands. Um, we mostly had Dutch speaking people, and the Dutch, they they are just incredible good with languages. So they speak English very good. Um, of course, they speak Dutch, and most of them also speak a little bit of German. So back then, they thought, like, that's enough for our customers, you know, to provide the service. But we did get proactive feedback from our customers, especially our German customers, saying we would like to speak to a German-speaking agent, um, because this is also how you build the trust with them. It's a different culture. It's a different way of talking and understanding. So we did hire German-speaking, and we did hire a French-speaking agent. And we did, our customers would come back to us and say, oh, that's awesome. We really appreciate that you have you know, native-speaking um, um, people in your team. It's not easy to find it. Um, we are lucky in the Netherlands. It's a very, or Amsterdam is a very international city. And they also support expats uh, very well. So, um, yeah, it, it, it is not always easy to find the right fit, um, also based on language. But so far, we were always lucky. That's awesome. That's really cool to hear. I'm curious because a lot of people, I think, in some sense, are using AI to manage support across multiple languages. And mm -hmm. I'm curious if you explored, you know, using AI or other technologies to manage support across languages. And then as a follow up, we'll kind of dive into your thoughts and, and feelings uh, around AI and support. Yeah, very good question. And we actually discussed this today as a team because we were recording messages on the phone. So we do this ourselves still. Again, we want to build a trustful relationship with our customers and we still believe that this goes from human to human. So also my team really wants to do those recordings themselves. So they also connect with them um, better. But it's a lot of work, right? Doing all those different messages in different languages. So um, someone would also come up and say, hey, let's just use AI and then everything gets automatically translated. Um, yeah, funny enough, even though it would save work for the team, they did not like the idea. I think they still wanted to make sure that we have this connection with our customers and that that doesn't get lost. I've been to a conference this year where they actually introduced a auto translation on the phone. So you would say something into the phone and then it would automatically, you know, translate it back into your native language. But it did not really fly off yet. Um, the problem was it takes time to translate it and it makes this awkward silence on the phone for the customer where you would say, hey, my name is Heidi, I have a problem with this. And then you have the silence in between. And that, you know, made it really weird for those customers. So we personally don't have it yet um, implemented in any way. Most of the things is we use our own voices and we are um, behind every email, every chat, and every phone call ourselves. 
Got it. Makes a lot of sense. Have you explored or have you been pitched Zendesk AI and, and, and what are your kind of thoughts around AI when it comes to, you know, answering chats or, or tickets, you know, and, and also have you explored using AI to suggest macros or tag tickets? So I think AI is a, it's a huge topic, especially this year. It has been growing so rapidly and I think the opportunities are just endless by now so I, I think I came back from a lot of conference and I, I had like this you know uh, FOMO fear of missing out of AI because we were just not up to speed yet um, we have not tried much yet um, we would definitely be open for it and I think my personal opinion on it is this can be such a great support for customer support for the team's to use their strengths in the right way. We have so many clever and smart people in our teams, and I would love them to focus on coming up with new ideas, being involved in the day-to-day -day improvements and driving processes. I would like them to be you know, inspired every day so that we can move those very repetitive tasks um, to an AI um, um, program and give our team more space for the, you know, the, the, the great stuff. Yeah, it make, makes a lot of sense. I mean, from what we've seen at Caffeinated CX, you know, we work with organizations like like Calendly or uh, Momentus to help them and their agents perform more efficiently using AI. I think originally AI was was used just as a deflectionary product in terms of like a chatbot, right? And right. though that's good for like kind of tier one or very entry level support, you know, now AI can be used actually within your ticketing system to auto tag tickets or suggest macros or summarize long ticket threads and, and auto draft responses, which, you know, I think enables support team members in general to become more efficient because, you know, if your support team member is responsible for setting a tag for a ticket where now you can just triage that or tag that automatically, it makes their lives a, a bit easier, right? And so I think there are little unlocks that happen now with AI within a ticketing system, um, but it still is very early. And I think the best use case of cases we've seen is when you can actually kind of get deeper with the business in terms of connecting with their API endpoints to perform support functions within their ticketing system as well. Because one right. thing that we've noticed is that, you know, support, you're switching between tabs and switching context a lot. And so it's interesting to see, I mean, especially if you have a customer emailing in, you know, how much of that relevant data do you have within your Zendesk to know who this customer is and about their, their account. Whereas a lot of times you have to go back and find their account and then be able to answer the, the ticket. So I think it's a really interesting use case. And like you said, it's just really, I think um, it's growing and it's in the first, first inning. I think you have a very valid point there and where I would really strongly agree. I think using AI in a sense to make the life of an agent easier, to automate all the processes behind it, so get the right knowledge when it's needed, tell the agent to, you know, this is your options that you can choose from, where at the beginning we were like always told, tell your team to remember this, tell your team to remember this. And we at one point we had to push back and say, we cannot, we don't have capacity anymore to remember anything else on top. Right. So yeah. we had to, <laughs> with our capacity just reached a limit, we cannot remember this customer has a single extra wish. Right. So this is where I totally agree with you. And I think that would make such a difference. I think towards humans to end customers, 
this might be a, a you know still a very long and different journey. What we also heard from other from other companies is they used AI um, to their customers, and customers didn't like it, even though the, the bot would give them the right answer. They said, I want to talk to an agent. I want to talk to an agent. And then the agent was there and they didn't trust it anymore. So the agent had to do a, a mistake in their grammar so that the customer would believe saying, okay, that's really human, a human being that I'm talking to. So I thought it was quite wow. stunning too, to see that customers, they would rather take into account that you do a mistake just to be connected to a human being. So I thought it was a very strong message. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a really unique insight. I think a lot of people uh, oftentimes, you know, I, I agree with you. Support's about having a human connection. That's that's for sure, right? And I think, you know, though you can superpower some team members uh, using AI, I don't think you're ever going to re replace them, right? I mean, especially when it comes to more technical uh, support, that's for sure. Well, Heidi, thank you for coming on Caffeinated. If people want to get in touch or follow you or, or learn more, you know, about uh, what your team does, where can they find you? Uh, they can definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, happy to connect. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Heidi, thank you again for coming on Caffeinated. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Caffeinated, brought to you by Caffeinated CX.